What is good, everybody? Welcome to this episode of Sunday Talk, aka Donda Talk, because Donda fucking dropped. Um, I have not heard it at all. I didn't literally didn't even know it dropped until we hopped on this call. But <laughs> y'all wanted to talk about it, so what's y'all's first thoughts on the album? All right, Carson, I'll take it away to begin with. Uh, Go right ahead, bro. Coast. Had a little bit of time to listen to it already. Uh, got some absolute bangers on there. Um, the beginning, though, was kind of dry. I was kind of, like, really unimpressed with the album, the first couple songs listening through. And then it started to speed up, you know, once you got to Off the Grid. And then, you know, hearing Cuddy actually back on the album, you thought he was taking off. He was back on there. Um, love Lil Yachty's verse. Had an absolute banger on there. Uh, I fuck with Roddy Rich. He had some good verses on there as well. Um, just going to keep continuing listening through on throughout it's gonna take me about like two or three listens so i know like my solidified opinion but i mean i think the expectations were extremely high i don't know if they're gonna be met because it's just an ungodly amount of expectation but a, gr- a good album so far uh not probably not his like you know top work of ever but we'll, we'll know in the next couple of weeks uh, when we start to hear the songs a little bit more but carson oh yeah Best album since Life of Pablo, and I, I looked on Twitter. Like I love going on Twitter, like on album releases and like seeing like everyone, you know, what everyone's talking about. And, like that's what a lot of people have been saying. It's like it's really like Life of Pablo, like the same kind of style with like like Jesus is King themes, which I think is like a perfect way to put it. But yeah, I mean, I uh, I got impatient. I uh, I listened to all the leaks and like the listening parties and stuff. So it was. Yeah, not everything wasn't too much of a surprise, but it was just like awesome, like finally hearing it, like, like on my phone, like finally, you know, like with like clear uh, audio. So, um, Hurricane's great, Praise God is great, Baby Keem had a fantastic oh, weekend. Baby Keem is going off. He had a great verse. I thought he he sounds so much like Kendrick. Like the whole like Orange Soda, obviously, was like a super popular song. And, like, his voice just sounded so different there. But to hear, like, the way he talks and family ties and to hear how he went off in the Donda album, he's got a good future ahead of him. He's going to he's gonna have a great – I don't know if he's had a debut album yet. or I mean, his next album is definitely going to be one. It's going to get a lot more features on there. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. Melodic Blue is coming soon. Um, yeah, his – I don't know if it's – yeah, I don't know if it's technically his debut album or not. I don't know if, I don't know if Die For My Bitch was an LP or uh, an album, but – Dude, Baby Keem is a generational talent. Beat-making-wise and rapping-wise, that dude is a beast. Um, mm-hmm. Cardi, Cardi was fantastic. It was like a mix of, like, Prime and, like, Vamp Cardi. It was fantastic. Uh, the instrumentals were crazy. The production off the charts. And, yeah, definitely my favorite Kanye project since Pablo, for sure. Like, Kanye, uh, it was worth the wait, 100%, because every song so far has been, like, really, really good. A lot of filler, though. There's a lot of... There's a lot of um, filled time for sure. Like just a lot of like, just like slow, long outros, um, which I mean, that's not for me, but I know like some other people probably love that stuff. Um, But dude, it was, it's been fantastic so far. And yeah, you said Yachty, man, I heard Yachty on, uh, I forgot what track it is, but I heard Yachty. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like I haven't heard Yachty rap like this. Oh, I took a double take. Yachty the last couple of years has been on some shit, bro. Yachty like, 
people like started hating on Yachty like a few years ago because like, oh, he's so corny, he's not good anymore. I'm like, no, 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 Yachty's still good. Like, just wait on him. And like, he's oh, his last few projects have been like, a few songs have been really solid. No, I was like listening. I'm like, that's Yachty, right? And then I go check. It was okay, okay. That was the song that it was. And I was like, I checked the thing on Genius. I'm like, that was Yachty singing there. I was like, holy hell, uh, that was fire. But I don't shout out Vivio Foreign. He wrapped his ass off. Yeah, I don't know. What a. Well, I, don't like the, I don't like the black. I feel like that's kind of lazy. It's Kanye. He'll change it. He added yeah, a song okay. already on today. We got the music. We got the music, so. Um, okay, wait. Next question comes from our boy, Chase. Hey, shout out 3 1 victory in his first collegiate soccer game. That's my boy. Shout out to hey, okay. Uh, in honor of draft day today, what's some biggest, the biggest fantasy bust for this year? And I Ooh. think Mr. Perennial bust uh, for sure. Uh, OBJ. Uh, <laughs> I'm definitely not taking Saquon. Mm, I see so, that. Yeah, I Ooh. won't be taking Saquon either. Um, I think. Uh, I mean, Mixon is also – I mean, Mixon has been, like, hit or miss the last, like, few years too, so I definitely could, like – like, it will not surprise me at all if Mixon, like, either gets injured or just struggles because his O-line is terrible. Um, who else? I think uh, – I'm not high on Sanders or Montgomery at all. I will not be drafting them. Um, I won't be drafting Chris Carson. I'm not doing that again. Um <laughs> Man, who else? I mean, I don't know. I like a lot of the guys. I mean, maybe, like, I guess I could see Kamara. The, the sole fact that just, like, Kamara had such an amazing year last year, and it's, like, going to be so hard to, like, repeat that. I mean, if, like, he can get close and still put up a fantastic season. But I don't know. Just It feels like for some reason, like, every, like, you know, every time a running back gets, like, a number one overall season, like, the next season it's, like, they either get injured or they don't do it as well. Like, look at McCaffrey. McCaffrey had, like, a godly year two years ago, and then this that year he injured, got injured. Yeah. And he was good when he played. I don't know. I just Kamara, maybe. But uh, let's see who else. Uh, Taylor, maybe. Jonathan Taylor could have some busts just because, you know, it's just a weird season last year. So it's uh, we'll see if he actually gets, like, that bell cow work that we've all been hoping for. Um, I don't know. Who else you guys have? I don't think Najee's going to be a bust, though. I'm all in on Najee Harris. So I got to come out and say this. Um, I was riding the Travis Etienne hype train. You guys have known I've been on that entirely. Obviously, he's out for the season. The new guy I'm riding this hype train of is Antonio Gibson. He's not going to be a bust. But get that out of the way real quick. He will not be a bust. I I love Gibson this year, too. But I got two guys. I don't think they're going to be bust, but they're going to perform way below their ADP. Hot takes here. It's going to be Derrick Henry. It's going to be Travis Kelsey. I think Travis Kelsey is not going to finish at the number one tight end position. I believe that's going to be Darren Waller this year. Uh, I also think you're going to see huge jumps in guys like TJ Hawkinson. I think Mark Andrews is going to get a lot of work being a huge receiver on that team. And some huge news coming out. Uh, We'll get to that in a minute uh, out of Baltimore uh, this last night. Um, Also, in terms of Derrick Henry, uh, the running backs that have rushed for 2,000 yards in the season – I've seen an extreme decline of almost half of their workload being cut in half uh, from the next season. They added Julio Jones. 
I don't know if Julio Jones is going to be that prime Julio Jones, but he's at least going to be an 800-yard guy, uh, depending on how many games he plays. And you got A.J. Brown taking an ascendance. Um, I think Derrick Henry's going to fall out of that top six running back rankings. If you're drafting tonight, um, I don't know if anyone is watching that's drafted in our draft tonight. Uh, I'd, I'd honestly, I'm fading Derrick Henry. I love him, but uh, he's a safe pick at the end of the first round, in my opinion. I don't think he's got the ability to match what he did last season at a historic pace. I honestly want to see it for him, but I don't think it's going to happen this year. That's why I'm worried because literally in our draft tonight, I have the fourth pick. So it's going to go CMC, Cook, and Kamara. And I'm going to be stuck there with most likely Henry. And I'm like, ah, okay, like it's Derrick Henry, like it's King Henry, blah, blah. But I, I kind of feel the same way. I just have like a bad feeling about it somehow. But then it's like, I don't know who else I'm going to take. Like, I don't really want to take Zeke at four, even though I think Zeke's going to have a good year. Take Zeke. Take Zeke. Take Zeke. Dude, okay, but there's no way Henry's gonna. They're not gonna cut Henry's snap or like carries in half. There's he's no gonna way. get like no, no, no. He's gonna get like 1,300 yards though, or like four, actually probably 1,400 because there's an extra game. I think he's not gonna have a ridiculous season. I think it's gonna be a huge heavy offense in terms of the pass game because they can't run this guy into the ground. Derrick Henry's not gonna be able to be a running back in three years. If they keep going the rate he's going. The thing yeah. is, like last year, he probably faced the most stack boxes than anyone in the league. And this year, teams can't do that. They cannot, you know, put four or five linebackers out there because now you've got two elite wide receivers on the outside. Godly, yeah, godly receivers. Wow. So Jose sold me back on Derrick Henry. I'm back in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back in. The thing is, like, a couple years ago, his yards per carry was pretty bad. Like, he was pretty inefficient on the ground despite getting a ton of work, which – I really don't want to see him revert back to, um, but I, I don't know. I think he's figured it out, and I, I don't I don't think he's going to lose it. He's a good standard player. PPR scares me. That's all I got to say. Well, who else? I mean, yeah, who else are my options? I mean, Z- I'll take Eckler at four. i take Eckler at four. Eckler at four? What about Chubb at four? Zeke is a better Chubb. i take Zeke. Hmm. I'd probably go Zeke and then Chubb and then maybe – I'd probably go Zeke, Chubb, and then – Honestly, that that might honestly trade out. Be bold tonight. Trade out. Trade out. No one's gonna want to trade except Chan. You can get someone. You can get someone to finesse. Trade out. Ooh, good point. Have we trade out? Do we have any trades so far? No, but you can get working on it. You want to trade four for my second round pick? Well, I'm gonna need a first round pick. You want? You want to trade four for nine? No, trade. Carson, trade four for uh, Sahib's back-to-back pick. I mean, back-to-back picks. Is Sahib first overall? Yes. Trade it for Sahib's back-to-back picks in the uh, second and uh, third for, like, your fifth. first, Your first and your fifth for his second and third. Yeah, but then, like, I'm not picking till like, 20 and 21. Trust me. You're going to get – if you get two first, second-round picks, you can get some good guys. Mm, I'll have to wait. I'll have to weigh out my options. I'll, I'll have to think about it pre-drafts because, like, well, because I like, I like being able to get like a guy like Henry or Zeke, and then like I like the like late second round because like either the running back options are all I'm guaranteed like a really really good receiver. Yeah, speaking yeah. of receivers, who would you take first out of CD, DK, uh, uh, Justin Jefferson, or AJ Brown? 
DK Metcalf. I think he's got a prime poised season next for him. Um, yeah. I don't know if the running game is going to work a lot in Seattle, and they're going to look to him, uh, make a huge difference. One of the most physically dominant receivers since Leo Jones. Uh, he's going to do something crazy. Yeah. Same. I think I'd go DK too, because DK was like super consistent last year. Like DK, like was literally like a walking like fifteen to twenty points like every game. I think I'd rather like take that like super super high floor who also has like an insane ceiling. Over, I mean like Jefferson's like you know pretty solid like safe too. But I think I, I think I'd go DK, DK Jefferson, CD AJ Brown. The thing with DK is he's probably the biggest touchdown threat out of any out of any of these guys because he's lining up no. on AJ on Brown. The Dude, the thing is they're like doubling, tripling DK, and he's still getting touchdowns at the goal line. It's true. Like yeah. Henry's gonna get more goal line work than AJ Brown. People are sleeping on uh, Justin Jefferson now. If he's there in the third round, jump there. on because I think he easy. Can fall. Easy. But uh, I'm taking Calvin Ridley over all four of those guys. Mm, yeah, that's valid. Um, Joe Wait, Mixon. What about Diggs and uh, What about Diggs and Hopkins? Sorry, Jose, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Would you take Diggs and Hop- Diggs and Hopkins go over all those guys, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, just checking. Per- targeting. I'm not really targeting either of them. Though. Mm-hmm. Not enough. Upside. No, I'm not gonna target them. But if they fall in like my second round pick, I'm like, two, say less. Like I'm getting big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fact. But Joe Mixon or James Robinson? Robinson. Robinson. We saw what he did last year. Uh, in a worse Robinson. In a worse scheme, he's gonna be a lot better. I think Carlos Hyde's gonna get some touches, but Robinson's backfield, no matter what. Yeah. Their O line is not much better than the Bengals, though. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. Right. They got Brandon Linder, Andrew Norwell, Cam Robinson locked up. They got some decent guys. It's better than the Bengals. Yeah, it's it's all right. It's not terrible. It's not. It's, I mean, it's a bottom like sixteen unit, but it's not bad. Yeah, yeah I'd take Robinson too, dude. Robinson every game last year finished double digits at least. Yeah, he was like RB six, RB seven in PPR. He was RB four for a good chunk. Yeah. That's yeah, insane. and now he's going what like. He's going third, fourth round. His his ADP is what like way 30? Later. Way later. He's not going to show up high on our draft board today because that's how ESPN has him right now. Chan's yeah. going to take him though. I feel like don't let him. Fuck it, James Robinson at four. <laughs> Fuck it. I mean, shit. Last year he played like a fucking first round pick. Yeah, and with no ETN, he's going to get the pass catching work too. Go ahead, take him. Um, Aaron Jones, who are you taking over him? Ooh. Am I taking over okay. him? No. Let's Talking run through it. Okay, so Aaron Jones is someone that, like, literally gets talked about. He never gets talked about, even though he's finished top five the last couple of seasons. And Rodgers is coming back. And, I mean, I get that people worry about A.J. Dillon, but, like, are you really worried about him that much? Like, are you really worried about that? Like, they're not going to split carries. Like, it's, it shouldn't be a committee. Like, it should be Jones at least, like, 75% of the time. Yeah. The thing so is, I think like, I take, they can't split more than Jamal Williams. Exactly. So, yeah. I take CMC, Cook, Kamara, 
Probably Henry, Zeke. Eckler. And then Devontae Adams, Tyreek, Nick Chubb. Well, let's just do running backs first. We'll do running backs. Yeah. What running backs would you take over Jones? I'd take Nick Chubb, Eckler, Elliott, Henry, Kamara, Cook, McCaffrey. And honestly, yeah, that might be it. Gibson's close. That's about it. Yeah, if Jones and Gibson are both on the board at the same time, like that would be, I would take like all the time to like figure that out. That'd be really tough. So yeah, I think Jones, Jones probably be eight. Yeah, he's around there. But I mean, you can argue Jones over like, you can argue Jones over a a couple of those guys. So like, you can maybe argue Jones over Chubb. Yeah, over Zeke. Yeah, I'm taking Jones over Barkley. Oh, I didn't even put Parker on that list. (laughs) Yeah, Jones has to go over Barkley. Sorry. And Taylor. And Taylor. Honestly, if Barkley's there at nine, should I take him? Mm, Dude, honestly, I would – Barkley's, like, out of all the running backs in the first round, like, dude – He's definitely riskiest, but like, what if he pops off? What if this is the year that he just absolutely takes the league by storm? He is physically extremely dominant. I think he could be, it might be overhating him a little. I could see that. Yeah, I I would take him like, if I have like back to back pick, if I had like the 10 11, like, you know, like back to back, I would probably like do say, I would be comfortable taking Saquon at 10. And then, like, I would take, like, a safe run. Like, I would take, like, a, a Jones or a Chubb, you know, right next to him. Like, a pretty safe option. Because, yeah, Saquon's upside, Saquon's upside is ridiculous. It's yeah. top three. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, if anyone's going to come back from an ACL injury, like, full, like, 100% ahead of steam, it's Barkley because he's just, like, the elite of the elite when it comes to, you know, athleticism and, so I, I wouldn't put it past him to come back. Like, I mean, just the fact that he's like, like taking it, like he's, you know, making like the Adrian Peterson comparisons and stuff about like coming back from his ACL, and like Adrian Peterson, like helped him. I'm just like, that's too juicy. Like that just like, I still have my, like, Ooh, like that's where I'm like, ah, okay. Saquon, like it kind of went me over, but yeah, I'd take him at 10 or I may nine. I mean, yeah, you said nine. I'd be comfortable with him at nine. Mm. Nine would be the earliest, though, for sure. We got another question from Chase. It says, is Nick Castellanos the luckiest or unluckiest baseball player ever? Dude hits home runs at the worst possible times. <laughs> hey, last year – or last year. Last night, they got diced up by Sandy Alcantara. He he threw 12 Ks. Yeah, 12 Ks. Shout out to Miami boys. That dude's nasty. The Reds, I think Votto struck out twice. Uh, Castellano struck out, reaching him for a slider. It was disgusting, but he's unlucky. Yeah, he's, he's a little... great player, extremely underrated. Had a totally uh, obviously off star season, and everything. But I mean, the memes are just ridiculous. It's like <laughs> it's like woman and like child, like kidnapped, and it's like a tweet, and then it's like right out, it's like Castellano's twenty third home <laughs> run of the season. Yeah, those are so funny, bro. I'm just like. I see those all the time, all over my timeline. But, nah, I mean, I, I think that meme's funny. Like, it, it's just funny to associate with him because he's a pretty charismatic guy, so. Yeah. Probably doesn't I, get to him that much. And it's so random that it's Castellanos. Like, 
Yeah, it's not like Freeman recently. I mean, he was on the originally on the Tigers. Somehow ended up on the Cubs. Now he's on the yeah. Reds. Castellanos is like he puts up like star numbers, but he doesn't really like get treated like a star. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, forever a meme of this year, top meme of the year in baseball. Yeah, favorite baseball meme of the year. Um, final final question. Going into next season, do you see Shohei Otani or Mike Trout as the better player for the Angels? I don't know. Really? I think I I think I've got to go Otani. Yeah, it's hard. Obviously, you got bias is going to judge you no matter what. But the stuff you're seeing out of Otani, you you've never seen out of anyone before. I mean, Mike Trout, a crazy one of the best five tool, probably the best five tool player in the MLB. Um, you know, it's not really eye opening, crazy to see what he's doing right now. I I can see Otani going on a run. Uh, what Mike Trout did, you know, finishing top three at MVP in all these seasons. He's going to win it this year. Um, if you want to get free cash, put your money on him right now to win AL MVP. Uh, he could not finish the season. He'd still win it right now. But I, I think it's going to be hard for Mike Trout. Mike Trout's going to have an have to have an MVP season next year to contend with what Otani's been up to. The thing is, Otani is probably just as valuable of a hitter as Trout and also the best pitcher they've had probably since Nolan Ryan. <laughs> he, is, yeah. he is the ace they've been looking for. Hey, for no that. disrespect to Jerry Weaver, though. Long be- out Jerry Weaver, but... Yeah. But, I mean, dude, Otani's, like, top five in Cy Young, and he's the, and he's the best hitter in the AL. Like, what more do you want? steals? 40-20? That's ridiculous. That's It's nuts. He's top ten in steals, and he plays pitcher. Yeah, he's literally. I know it's, yeah, it's really hard to like be better than someone that hits like that is a five tool. He's like one of the best defensive players in the league, and also one of the best offensive players in the league. And Mike Trout, and he just does it consistently. You know, always shows up, and it's like super hard to like match that. But like, it's Otani, and he is because like it's really like it's like what do you value more like? Trout's defense in the outfield or Otani's ability to pitch. And I think definitely for the Angels, considering how the roster's constructed, definitely the pitching is probably um, a lot more important for them. So, yeah, it's definitely – if I'm taking one, taking Otani. But the fact that they're both going to be, like, playing together at some point, hopefully I'm pretty sure soon, right? Or is Trout's not already back, right? Honestly, I wouldn't even play Trout. Don't play Trout at all. Yeah, don't play Trout this season. It's not worth it. Yeah, but, just um, just come back next year, 2022, recruit some free agents. I know a bunch of people probably want to play for Otani. Um, it's L.A. Uh, it's going to be super exciting to see both of them, like two but, uh, generational athletes together. Yeah, you got both. You got Otani, you know, your DH, your pitcher. You got Jared Walsh, who's having an extremely great season as a rookie. Uh, Anthony Rendon, hopefully he comes back next season playing like yeah. the player that he was in Washington. Obviously, you got Trout out there. Uh, you got some prospects in uh, Joe Adele. You got Adele. Uh, Brandon, Brandon Marsh. Uh, Justin Upton still a solid MLB player. Um, you know, they drafted, what, 27 pitchers in the MLB draft. Hopefully, they get some other guys in the farm coming up soon because uh, that's nice a big weakness for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a good closer in Rossiel Iglesias. Um, yeah. 
But, Which yeah. I don't know why they didn't trade him at the deadline because he's literally not playing for anything. They could have got so many pieces in return for him. Yeah, I want them to make the playoffs more than ever next season. If both those guys are healthy, Trout and uh, Otani. Yeah. Oh, if they make the playoffs, I'm there. I'm going. Gotta support them. I'm in those. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully, like, over free agency, they could, like, you know, recruit a, a nice pitcher coming in to, you know, help the staff. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. I mean, uh, yeah, like you mentioned Upton. Dude, if Upton's – Upton could be, like, their seventh hitter. And Upton as, like, your seventh hitter is, like – Power decent. guy. Yeah, solid, decent power guy. Um, he's getting up there in age. But, yeah, man, they're – next year hopefully should be the year. And Otani's only, what, like 28, 27? Which, like, I was thinking about this yesterday. It's kind of crazy how some – how, like, how old sometimes baseball players make their debut. Like, they will spend yeah, so many years in the minors while, mean, like, meanwhile, we've got other sports like basketball and football dudes making their debut at, like, 19, 20, 21. Like, and then we got – Patrick Wisdom as a rookie that's 28 years old. Mike Yastrzemski making his rookie debut at 27. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. I know. People, yeah, there's a lot of different paths to get to the majors. And it's, I think that's what makes, like, guys like Tatis and Acuna Jr. and, like, Vlad Guerrero, like, so Soto. special. Just, yeah, Soto. Like, guys that come in at, like, you know, 19, 20, 21 years old in baseball, it's, like, ridiculous. It just is so impressive just because, like you said, like, there's so – the there's so many guys that it takes years and years to make it. And then these guys are like coming in and they're already producing right away. as like kids, like literally kids. Yeah. I think Manny Machado was the, the youngest player I can remember. He was 19 when he made his debut for the, for the Orioles. I think he played like, like he probably played less than a season in the minor. <laughs> I forgot how, how long ago he used to play for the Orioles. That's crazy. Yeah. They were pretty decent. Yeah, Machado's, dude, Machado's been in the league for like a decade now. And he's pretty yeah. underrated. Like, I think he's going pretty underrated as, like, you know, a player because Tatis takes all the shine out there in San Diego. Yeah. I think he likes that, though. I think – I don't think he's, like, really into being, you know, the media all being around him and shit, like, being – Playing in Baltimore. I think, yeah, I think he likes kind of that villain, like, sidekick role. Not sidekick, but, like, that secondary, like, type He plays role. it well. He plays yeah. it well. Yeah. I like Machado. Machado is, like – one of the most special defensive players I've ever seen. Like, what Machado can do on the field, like, is ridiculous. I, there's some plays he's made I've never seen anyone even come close to making. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they like, that one play, dude, that one play at Yankee Stadium where, like, he's, like, going towards the foul line. He, like, backhands it, bobbles the ball, picks it up, and throws a dart while going away from first base is yeah. – and it's on the money, like a strike. It's like coming in at like 100 miles an hour. That's like defies physics. <laughs> that play like stands out to me so much. It's like, like oh my like God. Classic Machado play that I always think of is like him going uh, towards third baseline, getting something in foul territory, and then still gunning the dude out. Even if he's fast, like his arm is that crazy strong. Literally going foul. away from first base. He's going like a, the opposite direction. It's like the equivalent of like a fadeaway shot. <laughs> yeah, a fadeaway shot from like 40 feet. It's like if Derek Jeter was actually good at defense. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Derek Jeter's not good at defense. Just physically, he's the worst defender in MLB history. 
No way. A lot of people, yes, I mean, a lot of people like Look to talk up. about the Jeter throw, the Jeter throw, but now literally every starting shortstop can make that throw. Carson, when we end the podcast, you can look it up. He is one of the he is statistically the worst defender in MLB history. Why does he have five gold gloves? All overrated. It's all the media. Um, the media was the media I'll find the media. Where, I'll find the video for you. Where is Ayers? We're gonna have to hit up Foolish Baseball. Uh, make a video on this. <laughs> Dude. Okay, standard feeling. Ayers. Hmm. 22, 18, 14, 24. Look at Tatis, bro. He's leading the league in errors. Dude, okay, but no way he's the worst defensive shortstop ever. Okay, maybe because no. well, the dude played like so many goddamn seasons. He has so much volume. Like he's not as he's not like elite by any yeah, sort of matter. He's average. Okay, you should have started with that. That's what you should have said from the jump, that he's just average. I would have been like... No, 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 fair. but there's like... That's no, super fair. There's like... Uh, I watched a video. It's like there's like a like a volume stat that like he is statistically the worst at it in MLB history because like... Because he's I played... I, I, I got to find the video. I'll find the video. And I'll, 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 pl- I'll okay. plug it in the description. I'll plug it in the description for everyone watching right now. All right. I would love to dive into that. I can no way the worst ever. That okay for how long he's played because there's barely been anyone that's played as long as he has. Yeah, I mean Cal Ripken probably. Cal Ripken, maybe uh Pascal. Uh, Pascal played for a long time. Bartolo. Bartolo. Chase <laughs> Bartolo is the best fielder of all time. Statistically, best hitter too, but it's all good. Best hitter, statistically of all time. No sleeping, no sleeping on your men Mercedes. Uh, anyways, that's gonna do it for today's episode. Thank you to everybody that put in questions. Um, tonight's our fantasy draft draft day. Johnny Manziel. Five years later, how am I the man still? Man that's- still. <laughs> Peace out. Take Mars. care.